passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. It's John Pollock coming at you for the 500th time this week. And we have Fresh Blood here with us, the man behind the long and winding Royal Road, post pro res, and a staple here at pro wrestling, at post wrestling. I'm very tired. WH Park is with us. WH, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year, everyone watching on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm tired too. Not as tired as you, but I, I am tired. Yeah, I, I can't say I'm missing that second Tokyo Dome show from New Japan this year, no. having those those back-to-back uh, early ones, although we have a quite an eventful uh, New Year Dash event to go through from earlier today at uh, Oda Ward City Gymnasium. So we're kind of going to go backwards. We're going to focus on Dash off the top, and then we will also get some of WH's thoughts of the uh, wrestling that he has seen over the last week. We'll touch a bit on uh, Stardom's card from last week, the Noah card that happened on the first with Nakamura and Keiji Muto. All Japan holding their big uh, year opening cards at a core Q and Hall. Plenty to go around. But uh, WH, first of all, just as an overall sense of buzz for New Japan, what did you sense going into this week for the company? And conversely, coming out of it with these two nights and, and seeing it executed and some of the angles that they have shot. I, I think going in, the, the big talking point was Omega versus Osprey and I, I don't really feel too much excitement for everything, anything else on the card. And then coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, I feel there was like a great sense of like anticipation for, for, for New Japan in 2023. And especially I think after, you know, today's show, New Year's Dash, I think you're going to, we're going to talk about it, but like, I really feel a sense of optimism from a lot of people who might have like a kind of like, abandoned new japan in the last couple of years because of you know clap crowds or a lot of the really really horrible booking that they've been doing um but yeah i i I myself like was really interested in a lot of the things that were going to happen at wrestle kingdom particularly omega versus osprey and uh yeah i think i have not to be fair i have not watched all of wrestle kingdom i i've only watched that match but i am going to go watch everything else because you know just the buzz and like the the praise that the entire card pretty much got from a lot of people on social media in my circle like was just uh, really astounding to see to be quite honest with you you know i didn't know what to call this show because this isn't a traditional episode of post pro res uh, we went with the post show um but alternatively wh we could just go with uh this this creative title <laughs> i i like so, I came into that match a little bit late. That that you're referencing with the United Empire against uh, just four guys, and, and I was wondering why are they? Why is Takamichi Noku like? Is he are, is he a member of the Four Horsemen now? Like I don't I don't understand it. But 
that's the new name of it of tai chi's group is just for and guys. it's clearly going to be the hand signal too that uh you can, you can see them incorporating as well hey, All I mean, that, they, they ripped off the nwo why not rip off the four horsemen too right? i mean hey it's a uh, flattery at its finest so uh coming out of wrestle kingdom they were at a uh, Ward gymnasium on thursday with 2713 in attendance so um you know a, a healthy numbers a number for new year dash and it was funny, like at one point on commentary, like they were even noting that, you know, this this has been one of the best New Year Dash cards in years. And Kevin Kelly piping in, you know, this used to be a real big thing, this uh, this New Year Dash. So we're we're on our we're on our way back, like acknowledgement that it is uh, uh, kind of became become more of a uh, of a background event over uh, the last couple of years. But we had uh, Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton and the returning Gino Gambino. Uh, back for his second consecutive day and off the top like they did note some uh increased signups on new japan world but never giving a number and i would think the combination of kenny omega all the speculation about mercedes vernado that there was probably a lot of people that had given up on their subscription over the pandemic and this would be the time to come back with uh, those uh, among the focal points on the show yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of people mention that, that I resubscribed to New Japan World because I wanted to see primarily Omega Versace, but also like the, you know, the possible debut and which we got of, you know, Mercedes Monet. Is that how you would pronounce her new last name? Monet. We're going with Monet. Yes. Okay. So, and, and it's, it's really going to be curious to see how, how many of those people they retain over the next couple of months. Yeah, that's what, and this was a free show, by the way, that they were doing and shot a ton of angles on the show. And then late tonight, they're going to be doing a press conference, I guess, to reveal the whole New Japan Noah card for January 21st. So New Japan is running Yokohama Arena with a a card of New Japan versus Noah talent. The very next day is the Noah card that has Mudo teaming with Sting and Darby Allen on the same day that New Japan is running Dolphins Arena in Nagoya. So that is three major events in two days involving two promotions that are working together and conversely, each running the Yokohama Arena on back-to-back nights. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's synergy, John. That's what that's what they call it, right? Synergy. <laughs> how, how far is uh, Nagoya and Yokohama Arena? Is that like a sizable distance away from one another? Okay, so from Yokohama, if we talk about the bullet train, yeah. And let's keep in mind the bullet train goes about 300 miles an hour. Okay, so Yokohama to Nagoya would be about two hours. Okay, so it, certainly it's not uh, not a crazy distance either. If if you were in that area, you could choose one show over the other. It's, if you were willing to pay the, the the cost of the bullet train, yes. Yes, that is right. Or um, or you could just get on a uh. Some some kind of fighter jet uh, of some sort, or something kind, something like that. Yes, uh, the the uh, long uh, rumored uh, uh, electromagnetic uh, rail that I, I I unfortunately did not stick around long enough to to, to experience myself. W- would you be going to any of these shows in, in the in the coming future? I I think I would probably go to the Noah show more mm-hmm. than the New Japan show. I just I just got a, a, a more enjoyment out of the big Noah show. Then I did at a New Year's Dash, but I, I did like. I just want to say I did like this this card that we that I watched this morning. So yeah, uh, I'm curious. What do you think the Muda retirement show does at the Tokyo Dome? Because it's it's going to be a very interesting test of where Noah is at. Because you could argue like this is the most buzz Noah has had in years and years when it comes to just in terms of just 
attention with the Muda retirement and, you know, Nakamura coming over as well. And it's building to like this big historic event in February at the Tokyo Dome. Like, what do you think the ceiling is for a Noah card at the Tokyo Dome? Um, what was the attendance for, for Russell Kingdom? 26,085. I'm going to say 15,000. Yeah, I, I would say like if they hit 12,000, I, I, w- I would take that as like a pretty good – like Noah is – you know, it, you know, better than me in terms of just the, the accessibility of Noah, even in the country. Like there is a, yeah. a loyal Noah audience, but you know, for this to be a success at the Tokyo Dome, you are trying to reach people that have probably not sampled Noah in years. I it's mean, really they off. drew, they drew that because of Shinsuke Nakamura. Let's be honest that that's because they got so much buzz out of Nakamura facing Mudo in that match. And, and that he has, he was a new Japan guy. So there's a lot of, casuals and like people who who are fans of him in new japan that wanted to see him live again that went to this show would they have drawn a sold out budokan without nakamura i i think they would have had a, a lot less people for sure so let's get into new year dash so the this was all aside from the king of pro wrestling four-way all mystery matches that uh, the, the broadcasters stated like we're learning about this card as you are and that sounded to be the truth like i don't i don't think they were uh, j- just covering this up it seemed like there was genuine surprise when you know the entrances were made opening things up <laughs> I, this entrance i immediately was like oh my god wh is gonna kill me the house of torture is out to start things off for us evil yujiro and dick togo against ren narita tomoki honma and tiger mask I know you didn't see all of Wrestle Kingdom, and I would imagine that as you are just perusing all the matches, the New Japan Rambo is probably in last place among your selections. So you did not get to see T-Shirt Guy Evil on the pre-show Battle Royal, who was also the first one eliminated in the Battle Royal. Um, the, I mean, to say I will never watch the New Japan Rumble from this year is probably an understatement. Uh, no, I, I did not see that. I, I'm probably not going to watch that. I, I did don't, not don't watch even the- say probably like I would, I would caution heavily against this 30 minutes of your life that could go towards raking leaves, shoveling snow, or it's staring at that wall behind you. That might be more productive. Uh, probably. I did not watch this match live because I woke up a little bit too late to catch the beginning of the show, but I did go back and watch this, unfortunately. Um, you know, people are like saying, you know, the buzz coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, John, and then what did they open this show with? fucking house of torture uh, yeah i mean i i i was distracted watching this but i did watch it and and like i i can do without these guys seriously like fuck off well we had a tiger mask choked by uh evil's towel uh tiger mask was in with a uh, tiger driver onto yujiro and then they built up to honma hitting a kokeshi onto evil and then a headbutt delivered to evil uh togo runs in with the garrett and distracts the referee, which allows Yujiro to come in and attack with the walking stick, setting up a magic killer and evil pins Honma in eight and a half minutes as uh, WH just sits back for uh, br- br- bring it into my veins. Uh, but after the match, they're stomping down on Ren Narita. He, it is three on one and in comes Minoru Suzuki to the aid of Narita attacking the House of Torture. But then Togo starts choking him with the Garrett. So they're choking and uh, stomping down Suzuki when El Desperado enters the mix and successfully they fight off the never- Open weight six man champions and their standing are Suzuki, Narita, and Desperado. And they certainly are teasing that these three are going to go for the six man titles. And Suzuki fist bumped his, I guess now ex 
uh, Suzuki Gun teammate Desperado, but just gives a look to Narita. And then they play uh, Kazdinare to leave. And as they hit the crescendo, not a person in this building sings along with it. Like there was nothing uh, to to this. It was the most anticlimactic version of the song. Um, but there you have it. Um, after you breaking up sing Suzuki along. Gun, he can only sing along to his entrance, not to his exit. Job. Not his exit, I guess not. So it was a uh, an interesting use there, and they did not play it at Wrestle Kingdom either. So that as your opening, and the takeaway was this uh, trio involving. Su- so Suzuki is just going to be forming trios in all these different promotions. I know it's all amazing. Japan, New Japan. Uh, we, we'll see what 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 happens next. Maybe he's going to be <laughs> recruiting at a uh, at Gleet or something. Did, did Did you watch that tag match from Taka Ta- Ta- Tai Chi? <laughs> Uh, no, not the Taka Taichi match. Oh, oh my no. God. He, he, so him and Doki were fighting Hanma and Jinkasai. And it's, uh, he, he bleeds like a gusher, John. It was amazing. I've never, I don't, I can't recall the last time I ever saw Minoru Suzuki bleed, but he, and he, 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 he let one bleed out. He, it was like, it was almost Muda level, Muda scale. This, 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 uh, bloodbath he was involved in. What are you expecting Suzuki's, uh, time in new japan to look like this year because he's throwing out the idea of one more shot at the iwgp title but seems to be doing a lot of dates with with all japan like what what do you and breaking up suzuki gun like it seems like for a reason um but yeah what what do you see as minoru suzuki's path in the next couple of months and where he's going to be spending most of his time do you see him I just mean, rotating yeah i i think you could probably do a challenge with okada somewhere probably in yokohama in a future yokohama show in the rain uh, in the rain Hopefully in the rain, um, with the pirate ship in the background in the in the harbor outside. There, there you have it. You can have the whole tie-in with a uh, kind uh, and 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 then. But yeah, I I I see him like being more involved in like other promotions, like in particularly all Japan. He seems very comfortable there. He seems to have taken young uh, Hokuto Omori under his his wing, and he was teaming with you know Dragon Late Dragon Gate freelancer now uh, Naruki Doi, which I'm like, what the. I was like yeah. hoping is he going to bring that, that that's Naruki the trio that they have uh, established in all Japan that we were referencing. Yeah. So and then then he's doing some stuff also in Noah. I just think he's going to be like, who's going to pay me and how much, and I'm going to fucking show up on your door. And then I think his his involvement with New Japan will still be significant, but not full time. Yeah, I think you can make him a bit more special in New Japan and do these. I, I think he was somebody that really loved doing the, the Minoru Suzuki tour of the U.S. and going to all these places where he's treated as an attraction and gets to do these unique matches. And I think he kind of wants to take a little bit of that into Japan where he can go around and, and work interesting matches that keeps his aura intact. And, you know, it's there is less of a specialness I think in new Japan when you're just a, you're on every show and just kind of a run of the mill, like utilize him most when there's something of significance to do with him, like a build up to a title challenge when, when you need that main event. But I think it's just, it's just as important that he's like forming this group with Narita. I think it's very significant that he like is agreed to like, okay, I'll take this guy. Cause this guy who most fits my style of gotchism is, is Narita. And also like, I'm curious to see what kind of benefit like Desperado has being in a smaller unit with, with Minoru Suzuki. I, and is he going to move up to heavyweight? Because like, I don't see what the point of keeping him as a junior is the same thing with Hiromu Takahashi. I, I, I think both of those guys should go heavyweight and, 
And Desperado like could easily transition to that division. And I think he would add a lot of fresh blood. He has the aura. He has the charisma to be a top guy in that company, I feel. And it'll be interesting. Is it, is it going to be less, you know, when Suzuki's not around, but Desperado and Narita are in cards, are they going to be teaming with one another? I think that would be a very interesting combination. The next match saw Will Ospreay teaming with TJP and Francesco Akira. So there's a big gasp that Ospreay is going to be competing one day after the match with Kenny Omega. He's bandaged up, selling the effects of the match against Taichi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Doki, who come out with a repackaged Takamichinoku, which means suit and shades. And addresses the crowd that there will be big changes this year with the four of them. And they will be known as just four guys. Are they? St- Maybe they're starting their own like hamburger chain in in Japan, John. Like it's a very competitive market. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Uh, hamburger chains are very very popular all across Japan. So like, un- unless like you know, Taka's got a secret formula. Maybe the hair gel in his god awful haircut. Uh, then I don't know what they're going to do to compete against uh, all the other places in Japan. Yeah, well, uh, there's something about Taka uh, is going to be the spokesman for this group. And the, the announcers were trying to explain how uh, Gino's asking, how can it be just four guys? There's three of them. And he doesn't even acknowledge Taka's existence as, as a human. Um, this it's I'll, I'll see how this goes. I don't want to see Taichi as much as Taichi can very much lean into just being in a kind of like haha kind of group. Like I, I see Taichi being. It's just like we've broken up Suzuki Gun, but we're pretty much just creating the spare parts of Suzuki Gun and putting them all together here. And I just hope that it's not just a retread of where all these characters have been. Like Kanemaru and Doki, they're fine on the undercard, but they're not changing anyone's world. But Taichi is someone that, you know, he has improved greatly. And you, you can put in a, you know, semi-significant spot. And obviously are if they're pairing him with Osprey coming out of this match. Yeah. I mean, that's the direction you, you really get is that, uh, you know, Will, Will Ospreay is going to be occupied with Tai Chi for the foreseeable future. And I think it would do both, you know, both of them really good because I, I don't really think, I can't really recall them having a, like a significant program with one another or having a, a significant singles match with one another. I don't know. If, I can't remember if they've ever met in the G1 or nothing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good place for Ospreay to start his year on his way back to what I what I feel is going to be the rematch with Omega not you know not in AEW but back in New Japan and I mm-hmm. I'm assuming probably next year at the Tokyo Dome again for for 2024 So the the explanation here as well they bring up is that Kanemaru and Doki beat Akira and TJP in the Super Junior uh, Tag League back in uh, November near the beginning of the tournament uh TJP as he did at Wrestle Kingdom doing the the Otani face wash on Kanemaru and then Osprey's in with uh, Taichi. Uh, they go at it. Uh, triple boots delivered to Doki. And then after a snap German by Akira, uh, it is Doki that catches Akira with the Skyda special in nine minutes and 18 seconds. They pin the champions again. And this was the theme of pretty much every match was champions losing to set up next challengers. So the direction we see here is, uh, first of all, the United Empire, they continue to attack them after the match and, and the loss. And Osprey kicks Taka right uh right in the michinokus and then catch grab their belts and uh osprey and taichi continue to brawl and just four guys 
stand in the ring holding up their arms so it looks like the the next junior heavyweight tag title program is established and Osprey Taichi at one of the uh five dozen shows that New Japan has to uh, set cards for. I thought this is really strange the way like they position the United like Osprey and the United Empire as the heels because I really felt Osprey was a baby too. face at Wrestle Kingdom and Omega was the heel at Wrestle Kingdom but then the next night it's like Osprey is a it heel flipped. again and I just don't I don't get it. And like, if you're going to position anyone as a baby face, like against, you know, if you're going to position anyone against Osprey as a heel, Taichi's perfect. You know, like he can easily get heat as a heel, like just doing like, you know, his bullshit stuff that he was doing like a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I like this version of Taichi a lot more than I did his previous version. But like, if, if you want to continue Osprey being a baby face, which I think this is what they should do is you should, okay, pair him with a heel. Tai Chi as his opponent. So I thought it was just a really weird dynamic to switch his kind of seemingly switch his role here from last night. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a flip. I don't know if it's the idea of just giving Osprey more of a harder edge. And they were definitely emphasizing how dejected he was after the loss. He's like sulking in the corner and such, but that was definitely the impression of how it came off, like much more of the like the heel edge of Osprey. Zack Sabre Jr. and TMDK. Uh, I have many questions. First of all, your thoughts on this, uh, well, this version of the three of them, which will gain a new member and the, the change of hair color for Zack Sabre Jr. is a thumbs up, thumbs down, WH. He does not look good as, as a, as a blonde, in my opinion. Like, and you, listen, John, I'm, I'm on record with Tom Waller himself. I'm on team George Michael. Like not Team Boy George, okay. So I'm with Zach, like all the way as far as that goes. The, the, the new haircut uh, leaves a lot to be desired, but I do like this pairing with him with uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Hayes because there's history there because they were together in Pro Wrestling Noah at the same time. They were actually paired on screen a couple of times on tours, um, so it makes sense. It's like, oh, I can believe that this group actually would form together because they're probably legit friends in real life and probably hang out backstage. So have a WhatsApp would, group. Yes. And pro- probably line. That's the, that's the one they use in Japan. So they're right. online probably together. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's great for haste and Nichols because now they're paired with the guy who's a, who's established star in this. These company. guys were so lost. Like they were yeah. so lost in the shuffle. This is really just these two nights. It is so resurrected TMDK. Uh, it, this is their most significant uh, push in, in new Japan. Like they were just background figures. And I hope it stays kind of like, you know, we'll talk about their new member, but like kind of a, a tight unit because I don't want to see like, a, you know, all 700 members of fucking TDMK coming from Australia to like interchange on tours or whatever. Like just keep it. These guys are like the new Japan, you know, uh, represent re- representatives of, of TMDK. You can have like Bronson Reed pretend to be part of TMDK in, in WWE as, as Mrs. Like, you know, Aaron boy, whatever he is now. Did, did you like how Kevin Kelly will not identify him as Bronson Reed? He is Jonah in new Japan chronology here on the show. Sure. I mean, Hey, that's out of WWE's playbook. We don't acknowledge other people's past, past names and associations. Neither should new Japan. And obviously you would have assumed like this was Jonah's role. To, oh, to, to be lead, the leader, lead the, this group. I don't know if Zach was uh, necessarily going to be earmarked for this group, or if he is the the stand in once once Jonah signed. Like you would. No, I, I think I think he is probably going to be part of the group. I think Zach Sabre Junior. probably was probably going to be the a member of it. But also, I think he would have been the leader because he's a bigger star in the company. 
Yeah. And, no, this and, group is greatly enhanced with, with, with Zach. And you're, you're probably right. I think like that would have been the, the direction to go. Uh, so the three of them are taking on Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and uh, Tomohiro Ishii. And I don't know if you remember this moment, but when you and I were in this building for New Year Dash 2020 and Zach is uh, brawling with Will Ospreay and yells out that Will's a Tory. And boy, did you pop at that line <laughs> and getting to hear it as they were uh, near our section. Uh, a great, off the cuff remark by Zack Saber Jr. and I just remember you just love that line. I because because like at the, I don't think I was too fond of 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 Will at the time, so I was like, and I hate Tories with a passion. Like I don't care what country they're from. If you're a fucking Tory, I fucking hate you. What about uh, spelling? Huh? What about spelling? Uh, uh, what Tory <laughs> with a Y? We talking about Tory? I understand. Anyway, that was my attempt at a joke. So let's get into the match here. Uh, Zach and Ishii renew their rivalry and then the, uh, the Shoto gets stopped. Uh, multiple standing switches here with Ishii and Zach until a German is hit and then he pops up, nails him with the PK and it ends with the tank buster onto Yoshihashi with Nichols pinning Yoshihashi. So TMDK going after the tag titles. And if it wasn't made clear enough, they held up the belts. It's almost like you need a flashing sign. We're going for the tag titles. And then Zach gets into Ishii's face, and Ishii is eyeing that television title, oh, uh, the prestigious television title. This is a belt. Way hates this belt, just hates oh, it. I joined um, him in this hate. I hate – I'll talk about another belt I'm going to hate later on, John, but I, I hate these fucking belts. They, they look so – the problem is they look so cheap. They look like they're made out – both this and the KOPW look like they're made out of cardboard. And they're shit. God, just invest some fucking money into these props, please. Zach then goes down. He's got a TMDK shirt. And he just picks out Kosei Fujita. Puts the TMDK shirt on him. And dude, the announcers just lose it. They can't believe this. He's going to bypass an excursion. He's being recruited into a faction. And Zach calls him his young boy. And this is a callback to the G1 when Fujita dressed up as Zack Sabre Jr. So you do have a link. And Fujita, it was really funny. Like this guy, in terms of just being uh, recruited, had this look of like, what? What is happening here? Like, it looked like this guy was just being recruited on the spot and didn't know what was going on. I thought his facials were tremendous here. And I, I really like this group. It's like, it's an interesting mix of everyone led by Zach, who is totally ready for this role to be a group leader. He, of all of them, had outgrown Suzuki Gun and being second to Minoru Suzuki. So I think this breakup of Suzuki Gun, it's going to most benefit Zack Sabre Jr. in in the immediate future. So I, I like this a lot and adding a Fujita to it. There's a big emphasis on taking these younger native Japanese stars and putting that elevation to them in 2023. I mean, eventually he's going to go on his excursion. But I think right now, just being there, the TMDK young boy, eating the pins when he's tagging with Zack is is a, a good role for him. And I, I mean, I think, you know, TMDK will, will team with him in six mans. And or eight mans with Fujita in the mix, but like when Zach wants to needs to do a, a straight tag, two man tag, Fujita's probably going to be his partner, and he's going to be eating the pins, you know, like in, in those matches, not Zach. So it's it's a good th- role for him. Didn't he go up to the other one? Who is it? Owari? Did he say we don't want you? <laughs> Didn't he say something like that? Yeah, he said, and then he said, uh, "This is my young boy." Uh, like suck it, Moxley. Um, who's got like i guess umino as, yeah. as his uh, property what, what is as we're, we're talking about kind of young lions and excursions what's your expectation for yuya yuimura this year i i look at that guy as he might be at the top of the list in terms of 
upper bound potential? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Yoda Suji in, in Mexico and, and before in, in the UK was like really turning heads. I mean, this guy's doing like fucking, you know, planches and topes, John, for a guy his size. Like, I, I don't know. Uemura's like kind of disappeared off my radar, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, what, what, what character can they come up for Uemura oh and, uh, Suji when, when they come back? Hopefully, like, uh, you know, they're going to go with the, you know, the Ren Narita train of thought and not the Master Watto train of thought with, with this guy. Like, yeah, Master uh, Watto will get the greatest comeback award if he can overcome that character this year and, and ditch the Master Watto. I'm ready for him to just come out and denounce Master Watto. He needs to be like, like Misawa in that tag match with Kawada and he's like, take off this fucking mask. Like, he needs to get his tag partner. Bleach, like, dye my hair. Get that. You know, black dye, instant dye ready, you know, pour it over my head. And then he's like, I'm Kawato again. Fuck you, Master Watto. <laughs> Ghetto, Master Watto, what a waste of sheer potential that I've had to live with for years. What am I? He should do a match. He should do a shoot interview where he said, like, this was inspired by the fucking character from the Phantom Menace name with the same name as this. And then just like Ghetto's a Star Wars nerd or some shit like that. Um, did you see the – you haven't seen the four-way from Wrestle Kingdom, have you? Not yet, no. I think you'll enjoy that. It's Master Watto's best performance since, since he's come back. I would. It's, a, it's, not a, it's not a high bar. To it's not right a high there. bar. Like he's had a few shining moments here and there, but I'm, I'm more mm. optimistic. Of a guy that I was so high on Hirai Kawato yeah. before he went on excursion, and I've been very disappointed in where he has been at, but maybe this will be a, a rehabilitation year for him. Shota Umino, Yo, Togi Makabe, and Ryusuke Taguchi. I say Togi Makabe because I did watch him enter. I don't know what happened to him during this match. He was not even a thought during this match. I don't know if he was on the floor the whole time. He was in, he was playing the invisible man during this match. John, and they, at his age and his, his, his tenure in this company, he, he's not bumping for anyone. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm, I'm not even going to do the match. They get immigrant song for this guy. Like they clear it. And man, maybe it's, maybe it's the, uh, the renewed push for Togi Makabe. 2023 is his year. Uh, and they're taking on LIJ's Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu Takahashi, Sonata, and Bushi. And um, Umino makes his entrance through the crowd, a la John Moxley. And LIJ, they tease inviting Taguchi to join them, but it's all a ruse just to attack him. And Yo gets drilled into the guardrail. Uh, Umino gets dropped from the apron. He's clutching his knee. And then Hiromu and Yo start to go at it. And they bring up the fact that Leo Rush had to fly home after breaking his nose at the Tokyo Dome. He gets, he got dropped on the, the metal part of the ramp and was just, he put up a photo of this. If you want to look it up, it looked like his face was destroyed off of this, this fall. So hopefully he's not out too long because uh, him and Yo have had a, a good thing going. But, uh, Yo and Hiromu, I thought were great here. Some uh, great sequence between the two and then a counter to the poison uh, counter and then a poison Rana by Yo hits the direct drive pinning your new junior heavyweight champion in 1334. You've got Umino doing a tranquilo pose to mess with Naito. Yo then cuts the spirited promo and wants to challenge for the title. Dude, Yo is um, I if you're betting futures, uh, Yo and show. I think everyone had their money on show and dude, yo is coming into his own now and unfortunate that Leo rush is hurt, but you know, he to me stood out a lot in this match. He was one of the, uh, the brighter spots I thought on this show, just how great he looked with Hiromu. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's great that he is able to shine as a singles and with this challenge to Hiromu Takahashi and, and I, I, I don't know what 
the point of having Hiromu Takahashi be the cha- junior champion anymore is. Unless it, hey, if it's meant to like put the belt on Yo and put him over as the new ace of this division, I'm all for it. And, and I know like, you know, Karen Peterson's in our, in the YouTube chat here. I know she probably like flipped out of her seat or something when she's watching this. Dude, like, dude if the show fan club had a nuclear meltdown, Karen Peterson would withstand it and she would be holding that flag for show. I know she will never give up on show and, and we shouldn't either, but it's, it's dark days right now for show is all I'm going to say. Yes. Uh, listen, until sorry, he gets Karen. rid of the snake skin pants and gets back the, uh, the high voltage shit, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm off team show for a while. So yeah, that, like the knock on yo was just he didn't have the charisma, but th- dude, he had a ton of personality and charisma in this post match interview, a lot of fire. I'm like, this was not a match I was even thinking about. If if anything, I thought after kept off the show, I thought Kushida would make a big return on the show. He is in the witness protection program. And instead, yo had a big standout moment. And you'd have to think this is probably just a kind of a makeshift program with Leo Hurt and they're just going to go with Yo and maybe it's just for uh Hiromu's first title defense but I I thought he he did a great job setting this match up and it's a match I'm pleasantly looking forward to after this show. He needs to do a Hiromu needs to do like a a stipulation match with Shota Umino like loser can't bring out a leather jacket as part of their entrance anymore. This is all all possible. Maybe maybe they could do a uh, loser has to wear their rookie gear and then go to a time limit draw so that it's a, um, a unnecessary stipulation to begin with. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all under the all unnecessary stipulations are all under the Bushi Road umbrella, John. Jay White, El Fantasmo, Kenta, and Taiji Ishimori against Tamatonga, who has just brought the Never Openweight Championship back home to New Japan, away from the clutches of Paul Levesque. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Master Wato, and Hiku Leo, uh, an all-star cast. And uh, Jay White, after acknowledging and re- showing his respect to Kazuchika Okada after his loss, uh, right back to regular Jay White antics here, he was in a very difficult position. I would say both of his major title runs, it's almost been like a countdown to losing to Okada. And that's a tough role to be in. I think this was a main event that... Um, Everyone was not viewing it as the main event, and they had to follow uh, one of the toughest matches to follow in maybe a generation. Like, that's also, not hyperbole. In both cases, like both title reigns, overshadowed by Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. One in terms, yeah, like he was the stand in for Kenny Omega in 2019. And here it was, listen, this, this show gained so much more attention once Omega and Osprey was added. And I think many viewed that as the main event. Uh, and they had to follow it. And I, I thought they did a great job in the match. But it was also like it took a while for that crowd to get into it after what they were coming off of. Kenta is now doing this power walk deal that he uh, did down the ramp at uh, the Tokyo Dome. So that's his thing now. I remember you back in 2004. You're, you're like, you know what Kenta's missing? A comical walk to the ring. That would truly put this guy over the top and take Noah to the next level. Did I say that in 2004? Were you, you, were you, you mistaking me this. for, I think you were mistaking me for something Jeff Merrick might have said to you. John. It, it might, it might have been, uh, an O'Grady's discussion. Uh, Hikuleo's doing all of the power spots. Kevin Kelly predicts he will be IWGP champion sooner than later. Uh, and they're obviously putting a lot of emphasis on Hikuleo, but dude, he got nothing out of that Carl Anderson match, uh, back in uh when was it december in Sendai. it's like it's like it's like my entire uh you know viewing experience of carl anderson i got nothing well hikuleo hits his avalanche to jay white power slam for a two count and then 
Uh, Elfantasma rolls up Tama Tonga with the tights for a near fall and Tonga rips off the shirt. Look at this upper body Tongan twist and then calls for the gun stun and he hits ghetto with it. Ghetto took it, um, 100 million times better than Carl Anderson did at the dome. And then Phantasmo runs in with a belt shot to Tamatonga. So we get a DQ at 11 minutes and 38 <laughs> seconds. Why? I don't know why. Also, like they knew so you were L- watching. L- They're like, L- let's let's throw House of Torture in the opening match and then do a Bullet Club DQ finish uh, in the uh, midway through the show. That's so, that's what we want for WH. So El Phantasmo can have a crisis of conscience. Like that's that's the that's the main impression I got. Besides, like the stipulation match that's gonna that that was set up is like, oh, okay, ELP is gonna be a baby face. I think it's kind of like following up on like kind of what they were hinting at in the G1 with him. Right. So um, this is the year they're going to break him away from the bullet club finally, and then make him a member of the home army and, and make him a full baby face, which I, I, I am curious to see if he can pull that off. So like, Hey, you know, if it's something new, you give some, someone new, fr- a fresh paint of coat. I'm all for it. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah. Hikaleo, like, he, you know, he's a tall dude. I, I don't know. I don't really, you know, have my, I, he's got a nice power slam. I will give him that. He's got a very nice power slam. But beyond that, I, I don't know what the deal with this guy is besides being, you know, Hakusan and being tall. I've seen in improvements in Hikuleo. Do I see him winning the, the IWGP title uh, sooner than later? Um, I'll, I'll take later over sooner. But, um, you know, he is he is clearly being like positioned, I, I think, as like their next like kind of bad luck fale monster type of role that they can um that they can utilize him in so you pretty much need a scorecard to keep track of the pairings coming out of this eight man so kenta delivers a belt shot to tanahashi then low blows hikuleo and white beats the piss out of hikuleo with multiple chair shots so it looks like phantasmo and tamatonga for the never open weight title jay white against hikuleo and probably another tanahashi kenta match um, down the road, but White gets on the microphone and says that Hikuleo is never going to enjoy the spoils of his work here. He knows how much New Japan means to Hikuleo's family, including his father, and teaming with your brother. But he's going to make sure Hikuleo never has his Wrestle Kingdom moment. And I don't want to ever hear the term Wrestle Kingdom moment again. I cringe every time I hear WrestleMania moment and how I want to have a WrestleMania moment. I do not need to hear anyone else do a copycat of that. Come up with uh, any other word than moment. You know what you um, should do, John? Do what I do and listen to the Japanese commentary. They don't ever see, as far as I know, Wrestle Kingdom moment. And Jay White issues a challenge to Hikuleo, a loser leaves Japan match. And hits him with the Blade Runner. So pretty significant here uh, with Jay White and Hikuleo in a uh, loser gets a uh, gets a, a, a flight a one way trip out of Japan. That's right. Back to destination America. unknown. Yeah, uh, probably probably Florida. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, that know, so. that would probably be the landing spot. You would assume. Um, what would be your expect, expect expectation here of the result? I, yes. I I mean. I don't know. I've I've never heard anything about like the contract status of Jay White. Like I cannot see like Hikuleo being on like someone that's gonna that New Japan is gonna let go this early in his career. Especially he's come through the dojo system and they 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 see so much. I they feel they see so much potential in him. He's Whereas, gonna go after. He's gonna go chase Carl around the world. That's right. <laughs> with with Jay White though, like I mean, 
if I'm Jay White, like just from his perspective, I my this title reign is just like I got overshadowed by the Osprey Omega match for for and even though I'm the main event, um, he had two title defenses. They he had this is like the most one of the most boring reigns that's ever been booked for an IWGP champion um, in its history, let alone the last ten years. And he's done he's done everything in that company that you can do as a wrestler. He's he's faced pretty much everyone on that roster, had had fused with every and beaten every major star in there. What's there left for him to do? Like if you look at it from that perspective, like if I'm him, I'm like and people are knocking on my door to sign me to go to an American promotion like AWE or AEW, I'm I'm seriously considering it because there's nothing left for you to do. And he he's not the project there anymore right i think osprey is the project now for the big foreign star i i think he's the one that they look at as like okay we're gonna put all our you know not all our eggs but like a lot of our eggs in in osprey's basket and like he knows like the next year is going to be built towards probably omega versus osprey 2 at next year's tokyo so he's not going to have a main event spot next year's wrestle kingdom either or probably you know so if i'm him like yeah, I'm I'm gonna be like okay, let me let me put over Hikaleo on my way out, and I'm gonna go to America and wrestle for a television company over there. Yeah, um, yeah. This this was a surprise to me. I don't I don't have any knowledge of uh, what this means for either guy. I could see both clearly being on uh, WWE's radar. If I'm Jay White though, um, WWE makes a ton of sense for me at this point in my career. AEW, I've got to say, would be um, I. I I would really second guess that one just in the sense of there's so many guys there. And I think performers are always going to believe it doesn't matter. I will, I will cut through and get to the top. You have to sort of have that confidence in yourself, but I I could see him certainly getting lost in AEW faster than in WWE, where he could come in and do a lot of his character work. He, I think would blend very well with, with the talent there on the main roster, which I would assume would be, where he would, I, I would not see this guy going, leaving New Japan and taking like an NXT deal. Uh, I would no, I and I don't see like if Paul Levesque's going to hire him, putting him on NXT is like okay, you're gonna you're gonna show up on main roster. They they you know like I don't know is there a shortage of heels in in on either brand, John? I don't know. They could yeah, you, you could go either way with him. I think he's he's kind of like you know he's done this role so much that I, I mean you've always stated that you feel like his his work translates a lot better to an american audience than in japan and i agree with you. i think that he i'm more high on jay white than most but i i do understand the um the criticism and if i'm looking at my top foreign star of jay white versus will osprey it is will osprey like i i don't think that's even a debate if you are choosing like who is the guy we are going to build this next year around it's Will Ospreay in that role and not a Jay White. He can be in a featured role, but not the featured role. So anyway, it's, I think it's a, it's a major stipulation match and we will see how quick they put this match together. If this is Nagoya in a couple of weeks, um, possible. Shingo Takagi uh, takes on the great Okan, Toriano and show to kick off another year of the King of pro wrestling championship now represented not by a trophy, but a belt. God. You're not getting this replica. I I I put looked, on your mantle. I saw I saw this like I saw a picture of it before John, and they announced that they were going to create a belt for this bullshit. And then I saw it on television, and I said, "Is that Velcro?" 
do they strap it on with fucking Velcro? WWE does this, right? With their fucking belts. And I was just like, are you fucking serious? You cannot. How much did you pay fucking Mercedes? How much did you pay for other shit that you, how much did you pay Omega that you cannot create a proper belt? I mean, John, it's embarrassing. The, the title belt of a British indie looks better than this fucking belt. It's made, it, it's made out of the cheapest looking leather you could find. It doesn't even have a full fucking like set of plates on it or anything. And it's, and it just, the, the, the font, the design. Oh my God. Like did, did like, did like a blind person design it? I don't know. It was, it's terrible. And it just, I think the worst is it just looks cheap. That's the worst part. That in the television title, they just look so cheap. I, I'm just so embarrassed for, for Shingo Takagi to have to hold this atrocity. It should be a crown, truly. Sure. You know, I mean, something made of aluminum maybe would look better than this belt. Well, uh, Kevin Kelly notes that when they did the the introduction, this was not labeled the main event. So another match to come later on. Uh, the buckle gets exposed. So everyone takes a turn getting thrown into this uh, show, brings a wrench into the ring. The ref takes it away. So then show kicks Okan low and then show gets a chair to use on Yano and Takagi. But the ref catches Takagi holding the chair and admonishes him. Okan and Takagi then work together against the House of Torture, fighting them off. And it includes Yujiro being sent into the rail as Evil and Dick Togo are seated at the desk. And then Sho is begging for mercy. Okan offers his hand to Takagi, but says F you and hits him with the Mongolian chops. An eliminator is hit to Yano. Takagi breaks it up and pins Yano with Last of the Dragon. Shingo Takagi, once again, your holder of the King of Pro Wrestling Championship after 12 minutes and 54 seconds. And so he holds his Velcro title. Great Okan shows his British heavyweight title. And it looks like we are getting champion versus champion at, at some point to come. Um, there are so many belts on this show, dude. It's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. Like it's an AEW thing, but it feels like it's on steroids here in New Japan. Like there are just so many titles. To I be just, fair to AEW, like New Japan started this long before AEW started it. This has always been a consistency of New Japan. It's not a new thing, but it's just like even when we're doing like the show descriptions and we have to write down like this championship match and this championship match, it's like, wh- why do you think so many of these titles? No one has any. It's like there's two titles that mean something in on this uh, card. But one thing I have learned is that no company will ever say we should lower our title number. It is never something we lower. It's just you just keep adding them. So it's here to stay. I mean, you know, the adage less is more has never applied more than to title belts in wrestling companies, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, any, uh, you have no thoughts on the King of Pro. I, I, it's, you know, again, my big thought is like, I feel sorry for Shinko Takagi having to hold this thing. I'm sure going back to Dragon Gate for that one match back in December was like a, a, a breath of fresh air for him because he, he could be, you know, old Shinko Takagi, you know, and, and like he'd have to worry about any of the bullshit that he's been stuck in. I mean, the only good thing is like, he, he, he's going to be the next challenger for Akata, but then, you know, we'll talk about this later, but like, again, embarrassing to see him with that belt and Okada with his belt. And I don't even like that belt. I like that. We, we started this with you. I really like this show as we, uh, as we, we get into it, but um, I, I think all fair criticism. Kazuchika Okada 
and Kenny Omega are the surprise tag team in the main event. Kenny Omega coming out and then acting surprised as Okada's music plays and everyone is in awe as they take on Jeff Cobb and Aaron Hanare. And dude, Omega's eye is just a disaster. Him and Kevin Owens have matching eyes this week. It's amazing. Like I, I, I was like, when he came out, I was like, whoa, I can't remember when Kenny would have gotten that shiner. It was, it it was in the spot where he's taking uh, a pair of the cheeky Nando's kicks in the corner. And it's Uh, the last kick that you can see he gets drilled. Um, my thought was, my God, if this guy broke his orbital bone and he's supposed to do a ladder match next week, um, it doesn't look like he broke his orbital bone because it's very evident when you have a broken orbital. But, dude, he got nailed with this kick. Like, it looked like a full force kick that he took on. The, I think it was like the third kick that he took in the in the position. But that looked to be the spot uh, from the Osprey match. Hopefully lots of ice packs as he flies back to America. Jesus. Um, so, um you know, it, it, this match, it was a, like, they, it was just like the attri- intrigue of seeing Okada and Omega together. They didn't have to do a whole lot in this match, but this was like a fine kind of like your core Q and Hall style ma- main event that they did. It was 13 and a half minutes, Okada building up to a hot tag to Omega, and then Hanare takes over. The Streets of Rage gets uh, avoided. Okada, drop kick, elbow from the top. Rainmaker pose, and then Hanare ducks the Rainmaker and gets drilled with a V-Trigger, Snapdragon from Omega, V-Trigger, Rainmaker combo, and a Rainmaker to pin Hanare in 1337. Um, you know, if, uh, if you were, uh, you know, just curious to see these two. They were great together as a tag team and a chance to do something different that I don't know if you're ever going to see these two team again unless there's a storyline reason for it. So I thought this was a, a cool idea for your main event. And then they they shook hands afterwards and Omega just took off and left the ring to Okada and Omega and Cobb. They traded words. So Omega and Jeff Cobb is something that maybe maybe, maybe Jeff Cobb's a. Uh gonna show up on uh dynamite or something and uh attack maybe he's gonna cost them the the seventh match of the series john i could see that match if not AEW, at least on that san jose show in in february which is a a three thousand seater that they are running for that battle in the valley show um so we will see uh how much they add beyond the uh the mercedes Kyrie match um but yeah, uh, Okada thanked Omega, and then Takagi comes out with his uh, his King of Pro Wrestling uh, participation title, uh, wearing an Inoki shirt, and puts Okada on the spot, saying Inoki would take on any challenger at any time. Do you have Inoki's spirit? And Okada notes that the King of Pro Wrestling, he's taking the blame. This was my idea, but I've never held it, so let's do it. Um, and let's do away with the King of Pro Wrestling Championship. Maybe he can take this thing and retire it just like he created it. I would love... For Akata just to go on a spree and say, I'm going to face every other singles champion, except for the junior heavyweight champion. And if I beat them, I retire your belts. They merged. They get sealed, as they say in Japanese wrestling. We're going to seal the United States championship. We're going to seal the KOPW title. We're going to seal the never title. Seal them all. Maybe bring back the IC champ. But listen, if you just have the, they, they went like, how many years without like, 17 fucking belts in this company john heavyweight title tag team titles junior title junior tag titles it's all you need it's all you need i don't care how good never fucking open weight matches were in the past you just if you just if it means more if you have one belt as your top singles title 
that is how the show ended. Um, I thought in terms of just shooting uh, a ton of angles, setting up a lot of matches for many shows to come. Like I thought this was an extremely newsworthy, newsworthy show. I thought the Okada Omega stuff was like, that was a great surprise to deliver at the end. So I think you, you certainly, if you tuned in, uh, you got a lot out of this show and. 42 wrestlers booked on the, on this show in matches in the span of, uh, two hours and, uh, 45 minutes. But, uh, overall thoughts on the show, WH? I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it went by really fast because I think, you know, the, the, none of the matches really overstate their welcomes too much, except maybe the opener, uh, maybe the bullet club match, but even that, that was short enough where I wasn't like that offended by it. And it, it set up like, I feel it's an intriguing match because of the stipulation between Jay White and Hikale. And I, and you know, like I'm not a huge fan of Jay White, but I thought he cut a really good promo at the end. And I'm like, okay, like that's, that's an impassioned person. And like, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens with, with the stipulation with that. And, and, and like you're saying, the main thing is, is like so many programs, so many title challenges came out of this. And I like it. I like the fact that it's clear what's, what the direction is for every match all the had, belts. A, had a purpose behind yeah. it. Like there were no throwaway matches because everything is leading to something in the future. And, and, and you would assume not all of these title matches are going to happen on the same show. That would be insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you have like, okay, the next two tours we're setting up, like, you know, like this, this city's going to have this match, this city's going to have this match, this, you know, and so forth and so on. And that's great. And it, and it's good for business because each city, like the fans in those cities have like something to look forward to, like something special to latch on to. Like, oh, I'm going to buy a ticket for that. The last thing is just when, you, when you're looking at uh, handling Kenny Omega this year, like how much do you see him coming back to Japan? Do you see it being just maybe like a Dominion and maybe one other show before Wrestle Kingdom? Do you see more, less? How do you, how do you handle Osprey and Omega in the follow-up this year? Because that's going to be a big program. I think it really depends on like how much Tony Khan is willing to spare him. And like from his TV, I I would imagine that if he's healthy, that he wants him for every, every, every AW pay-per-view and most of the dynamites that going forward. And, and I mean, Wrestle Kingdom is an exception and like it, it was such a smart move to put him on this show because there's so much buzz about Kenny Omega coming out of that match. And he feels gonna... like the biggest star in the industry coming out of this show. Yeah. It's, and... like, it's a level of star power that I don't think he has reached the whole time in AEW. Like he's been a big guy in AEW, but he feels um, coming out of this show as like the guy at the moment. Oh, and and that's the thing. That's kind of like the 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 kind of thought I see a lot, and that I share is like, if he if the the car- the guy you saw in that match with Osprey was the guy you saw in every title match when he was the AW champion, it would I think would we'd be talking a different tune about Kenny Omega. You know, I think we we wouldn't be talking about oh he's he doesn't have that je ne sais quoi he had in, in New Japan. He didn't he doesn't wrestle the same in AEW as he does in New Japan. It's it's weird because I I feel like in my my just my opinion like it, it it's he he prefers wrestling in Japan, not necessarily New Japan, but in Japan itself. I think he prefers um, being because like, he he loves Japan. You know, like all kidding aside about him being a Weibo and stuff like that. He, he, he genuinely loves Japan. I think he loves the Japanese wrestling industry. I think he loves the Japanese wrestling fans. I think he loves performing for them more than he does American fans. But it was, it was like going to AEW and helping form a new company was too good of a opportunity for him to pass up and understandably so. But like, I can see like, you know, there's going to be a, a, like, you know, a big decision he'll have to make if when his, 
his AW contract comes up and like, I, yeah. And New Japan's going to knock on his door again, you know, for sure. And they're going to, he's going to have to make a decision. Where does he want to spend the next, you know, four to five years of his career when his AW contract comes up still in AW or does he want to go back to Japan pro- probably for New Japan and, and, and kind of, you know, create a lot, you know, like cement his, his, his legacy in, in the country there. Yeah, it's it's a big question because over the next like roughly year, like you've got some major contracts up with Omega, with the Bucks, with uh Will Ospreay and Kota Bushi, who has stated like uh as well, like all of those are really interesting question marks that are, you know, going to be specifically impacting like New Japan slash AEW and where all these, you know, pieces on the chessboard land uh, as well. Uh, wanted to uh, pick your brain a bit about what you have gotten to see over the past week. Of course, there was the uh, the stardom card at Sumo Hall that drew uh, over 3,800 fans. Noah as well running at uh, uh, at uh, Budokan Hall as well. What have you got to see? What what stands out to you over uh, the past uh, week? Some of the highlights. So let, we'll start, I guess, chronologically. We'll start with the stardom show. I watched not every match, but most of them. I, you know, the, and I got to say overall, I thought the show was, was good, but not great. Mm-hmm. I thought the, for me, the two matches that I watched that I thought were outstanding. One was, of course, the world of stardom title match between Julia and Shuri. That was insane. The spot off the, the ramp. Oh my God. Uh, I was I, like, I sent you that clip before you, you had did. seen it. I, I didn't want to like ruin the match or anything for you, but that spot was just like, yeah, this is uh Northern lights off the stage onto the chairs, which I don't need to see that replicated. It was just, uh, t- um, man, I just, there is such a, a price to some of these spots. Like they're just, it just looked brutal. I, I think, you know, that and like, you know, the whole match itself was just showing you how, like, how much this, this match meant to, to Julia and to Shuri, because like, I, I think legit they're, they're pretty close. And, um, you know, as you saw in like the post match, you know, it, it, interview between them, like, you know, they're talking to each other and like just declaring like how much they mean to each other. But I, I think really, you know, Julia recognizes like, this is my moment to become the face of this company to kind of supplant Mayu in, in, in the eyes of the, the kind of maybe the new fans that have kind of come into, to stardom from the, you know, the, from the purchase of by Bushi road of the company. Um, so I, I, I love the match. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I, I know the other match I really liked, you might be surprised was the artist of stardom title match, the, the six way with the, with the, uh, prominence versus, uh, Oedo Tai. I'm not a huge hardcore match person, but John, I love Suzu Suzuki. She is fucking awesome. And, and they, and uh, kudos to Oedo Tai. They, they went in there and they, they took some, a brutal beating at, with, from, like, especially from Risa Sarah. Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, I, I, this is my second favorite match on this show. It was, uh, I really enjoyed the, um, uh, the goddess of a uh, stardom title match. I know it's uh, like some weren't as, as high on it, but I, I thought like the closing stretch was, was very, very strong, uh, in, in that match as well. Uh, you had the time limit with, uh, with Kyrie and Utami, uh, Heishta. and they, they've set up Julia and Suzu Suzuki for an upcoming show. Yeah. Yeah. So. They, I think Yokohama, I believe, um, that'll be great because just again, there's so much history between these two from their days in Ice Ribbon and how Julia left Ice Ribbon to come to stardom and and like you know if you if you ever get a chance to watch like a subtitled version of suzu suzuki's promo 
like when she comes into to 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 start him with prominence and, and targets Julia right off the bat, you know, it's great. It's just like in everything she says has so much emotion and weight behind it that you believe like, yeah, they probably legit there's probably some legit feelings of betrayal here. And I I they have excellent chemistry with one another in the ring, John, and like I cannot wait to watch that match. If you look down the road, they're all roads are going to lead to this April 23rd match, uh, or card that they're running, which is going to be a giant event for stardom. And, you know, with Mercedes Vernado linked to that card, would the timing be right that would Julia and Mercedes be the big match to do on that show? What, what would your involvement be if you're booking, uh, Mercedes as one of, if not the main event on that show? I, I suppose the idea is that her contract is with Bushiroad. So she can mm-hmm. work both stardom and, and, and new Japan shows. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to draw the most people and you want to get, make an international pay-per-view and try to get more, you know, eyes outside of Japan on the product, then yeah, of course you, anything with Mercedes is, is, uh, is logical and a natural fit. I, I, you know, I, I would hope that, that Mercedes has a, has become more comfortable <laughs> in front of a Japanese audience at that point and, and kind of shaken off the ring rust. But yeah, by that time, I would imagine like, you know, with more matches under her belt that she's going to be like having, you know, being like, you know, Sasha Banks that, that I was a big fan of in, in WWE, you know, so. Sure. I, I think Kyrie's a great like first opponent to do a big match with, um, in front of a U.S. audience on top of it. Like, I, I think that will be, you know, someone that she has worked with many times before. Like, I think, and, and they're going to have the ability to go out there and that could very well headline that card in San Jose, I think. Oh, for sure. And, and like, you know, if, if she wins, like, I don't know, like, who's going to win that belt, to be honest with you, the IWGP women's title, John. Mm, but yeah. I, I do say, like, if, if, you know, Mercedes is going to do, work for stardom like do big shows especially you know and if she's going to face julia then i don't think it's a good idea to have her be the iwc wins champion for because then you probably gonna think it's going to be a time limit draw that would be my guess Mm, for for that because i would not take the belt off julia right away and um yeah you could and then if it's you know to build up towards mercedes but again like i don't know the nature of her contract if it's for specific amount of dates that she's going to do for new japan and or and or stardom. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's what I love about wrestling right now, John. Like it's, it's what are, what's going to happen? Like it's, it's very intriguing. Like what, what future plans are going to be. And Noah has a lot of those. What are, what is going to happen? Questions attached to it as well. They ran on new year's day at Nippon Budokan drawing 9,500 people, which is a very good number for Noah um, at any point uh, for them as well. So this was uh, headlined by, the Great Muda and Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Nakamura. Um, I don't know who has been occupying this man's body for the last uh, six years, but this was a different individual walking out and was like the most charismatic star in the industry for this entrance alone uh, with Lee England. I thought this entrance was, uh, I don't think there's going to be an entrance this year that tops this for me. No, it, it was great. I, I think maybe he wasn't exhausted from surfing all the time in, in Japan. So like he had all his energy for this match. So unlike when he's in, in America, um, I, I mean, he's motivated because like, you know, like Keiji Muto means a lot to him. Like he does so much to like the wrestlers of, you know, Muto, uh, Nakamura and, and, uh, and Tanahashi's generation, like, like to have for him to have the last singles match with this version of Muto, the great Muto, like he was, he's going to be like, yeah, fuck. I'm, I'm going to main event 
Budokan Hall too. He's, you know, like I'm sure he was like on the plane ride over. Like I'm, I'm hyped. I'm going to, I don't care about like what I've been doing the last six years. This is what I'm most excited about right now. And he was going to always give it his all and great entrance. Yeah. Great entrance. I I'm glad he got rid of the bell bottoms. He's like wearing like proper gear now. It's, 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 it's a good look for him. Yeah, I I thought that this match was largely carried by the star power involved. Like they had a very nice match. This wasn't, but you know, you got your really great classic title match in the match that preceded this. And I had no issue with the match order. I thought this is the way that they should have ended the, the show with. But this audience, they were captivated by these two. They saw them as major stars. And, you know, for a Muda match at the age of 60, I think this is, you view this as a success. And, um, I guess you haven't seen the uh his involvement at Wrestle Kingdom, but man, he's teasing that moonsault. He's teasing that moonsault. And I, I saw the clip of like Tanahashi just like saying, Don't do it. Please don't do it. You don't need to do it. It was a funny spot, but I don't know if it'll be a funny spot come February because I I would be betting the over on him deciding to do that. That, that he's one gonna do it one moonsault. more time, John. He's gonna do it one more time for sure. Um I will I will say, like, you know, you know, he like yeah. He didn't have to do much like Muda. He all he had to do was the the the, the power drill elbow. All he had to do was a dragon screw leg whip, and uh, you know the mist. That's all all people want to see. They just want to see the those three things, and they'll be happy with you know Muda at the age of sixty. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you know we we went over the uh, the post match uh, comments, the unfortunate yeah. comments from Muda afterwards. It's. You know, I, I I don't think he's received a whole lot of scrutiny for it. It's you know this guy is viewed as a legend to a lot uh, of the public, but I, I found it pretty pretty awful. The no, um, I I was so disappointed. Like yeah. just like people can say make excuses. Like he, you know, honestly, he knows better. Like he does. I think he does. He I, I think there was better. too much benefit of the doubt provided to the guy. Yeah. Um, so he's just you know he's of a generation that does not you know that has a wrong views of a lot of things, including, you know, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. So, you know, we, we just move on like in terms of like, you don't, you know, you don't forget it or, you know, certainly don't forgive the guy for making these comments, but you know, at some point I, 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 I'm, I'm scheduled to do something about, you know, with, with Braden Davey about, Mm -hmm. you know, best match ever with them. Like, you know, something I'm sure we'll talk about on the show. But like, you know, at the same time, it's like, well, we just want to kind of like talk about his matches as well, but not ignore those those terrible comments for sure. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Akeno, I just thought they had an outstanding match together. Uh, some of the highlights of this included this brutal oh my God. Falcon Arrow onto the edge of the apron. Kiyomiya hit uh, a Topekan Hiro over the corner post to the floor that was just beautiful. Um you know, for, for guys that, that like, listen, they, they were not the main event on this show, but they treated this match as the match of the show, which it was. I thought this was, unfortunately, this is a match that is going to get lost in the wave of great matches this week. But man, this was one of them. I, I really enjoyed this. And dude, 19 minutes and 26 seconds. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, with Kiev, yeah, like I really feel, you know, since the, the losses to, to when Kijimuto came into the company was beating him soundly and just embarrassing him. Like now, since winning the title again, having a victory over, you know, like a victory over Fujita, even that he's become comfortable in his own skin. And he feels like more 
of someone who's uh, uh, the, the ace of this company than he did when he was first crown champion in the company. And I'm excited to see like how he develops even more. He's so young still. I know. You know, and that's the crazy thing about this guy is so good. At, and it's, it's, it's no, you know, it's no coincidence that a lot of people liken him to Okada at the same age and like they call him the supernova. Um, and really, I think, you know, if they don't screw this up, this title reign, like, I think they, Noah has a really, really good chance of like, you know, broadening their appeal across the, the world of wrestling, not just in Japan, but also, you know, into the West as well. Like if you, if you, if you push someone like Kiyomiya, you push people like Keno and, you know, to a degree, even like, you know, Nakajima and like some of these guys on the undercard. And I, I honestly, I, I'll say this, if, if they really give stability and direction to the junior heavyweight division, you have so much potential there to, for crossover appeal into the West, especially like they, they do hire a lot of foreign talent to come over there. Like I'm, I'm very high on Ninja Mac being in that company. And I think, you know, it was a really smart move for them to sign him to a long-term contract. And like that just pushed this guy, you, you do, you know, some spot shows in, in the West, like in America or, or, or the UK, you have Ninja Mac, like be a big part of those shows. And I think it, they'll, they'll attract a lot of attention. And, and I got to say, by the way, I, I love the tag, the heavyweight tag team title match. I thought that was really fun and very nostalgic for me seeing like Marafuji and Kenta team up again. Um, but my other favorite match on this was the junior tag title match between Ada and KZ, uh, Ada and Yoshinari Gawa. Taking on KZ, whom I'm a, I'm a huge fan of KZ, John. Love this guy. I wish I, I got to start watching more Dragon Gate because I'm, I love this guy. So I was really happy to see him come into, to Noah and he's teaming with someone I'm not a huge fan of, but like I'm, I'm starting to warm up to him if he's teaming up with KZ more. And that's Yohei. I thought, hey, this title match was fucking awesome. Just probably my favorite tag match of, of, uh, the last two weeks of shows that I've been watching. Yeah. Um, beyond those matches, um, I thought uh, Junta Miyawaki um, really stood out to me in that in that junior heavyweight championship match, and to me, like he's 25 years old, I, I'm very high on him as a uh, some someone to watch in Noah. And dude, on the other side of the coin is a uh, 60 plus year old Hiroshi Hase, who was just one of the stars of the show for me. I thought he was awesome as the mystery partner. Dude came to work at this show. I, I thought I thought he was great. He was he was one of the highlights of this show for me. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't watch that match with a lot of like attention, to be honest with you. Like most of his teammates, I, I pretty much hate. Uh, but yeah, wait, he, wait, he wait Fujita, Fujita was in this match and no Sawa Ronga. What are you talking about? Uh, Kendo Cashin. I, I hate all of them, John. It's like, if I never see any of them in a wrestling match again, I'll be, it'll be too soon. Uh, but yeah, Hase, I think anytime Hase's on the same card as Mudo, he's going to like, I'm going to put my, put all my, my effort into that into be, being as good a performer or, or better, which is not, again, not a high bar to clear, uh, than, than Kijimuto. And last thing on the Noah show, Jake Lee coming to Noah. Okay. I thought this was a dumb way to debut him because like, why do you have him come out in his gear? He's not wrestling. And then he forms a, a friendship, a surprise friendship with Jack Morris. Why? Like no, nothing screams more, undercard to me than like pairing him up with like jack morris right away as like you, you you mentioned that he's you know a triple crown champion he's he's been a tag multiple tag champion in, in all japan like you you should debut him as like 
a challenger for Kaito Kiyomiya right away and position him as a top guy because, like, yeah, it's not the same level. Noah's here and all Japan is here. But still, like, if you, you don't you don't say that. You say this guy is a triple, former Triple Crown champion. He's beaten all the top guys in, in all Japan. And now he's here in Noah to boast, like, to, like, add more depth to our, our roster. And he's going to challenge Kimi. That's how I would have done it. I wouldn't put him in a mid-card, like, tag team with, like, Jack Morris. Like, no offense to that guy. I mean, he looks like Drew McIntyre's little brother to me. But, you know, like, whatever. You know, but, like, again, I... I and like he comes out in his gear, he's not even having a match. It's like I don't, I don't get it. I thought it was such a weird debut. Yeah, he's he's wrestling uh, Yoshiki Inamura this weekend on the eighth uh, at Core and Hall, which I believe is the main event on that show. So uh, I think the jury's out on, uh, not even out. I'm I'm optimistic of where Jake Lee lands, but uh, you could certainly see like his introduction. It's not like this show ended and this was. Uh, the headline, Jake Lee showing up. Like it was a much more subdued uh, appearance. But overall, I-, I thought this was like a really enjoyable Noah card. And I think their big task is once this whole wave of attention over the Muda retirement tour winds down, having enough in place that some of the, the curiosity extends beyond February 21st and that you are hopefully expanding your fan base by doing these things like a Kenta coming back and a Nakamura showing up and, you know, bringing in new talent like Jake Lee, like really having a solid picture so that people want to stick around and watch Noah. You're not going to capture everybody that's maybe swooping in for that Tokyo Dome show, but enough that, man, I want to, you know, check in periodically with, with this company to hopefully uh, gain some ground for them. Uh, we'll transfer over to All Japan as well. They ran on the second and third uh, pretty much the second was all about getting Takuya Nomura into a position where you believed he could knock off Kento Miyahara. They had Miyahara and Nomura win the tag titles from Suwama and Kono. And then right afterwards, Nomura wins the uh, New Year's Battle Royal. Uh, on the same day, he works a six-man with Big Japan and then comes back the next day to challenge Miyahara where the luck ran out and Miyahara retained the title after 28 minutes and 42 seconds. But you are someone that has always been very high on Nomura, and it seems like they are not ready to put him at the top position, but this week, I think, really showed you their commitment to Nomura and making him one of the key guys for this year. It's not unheard of for someone to work two promotions on a regular basis i you know big japan will always be his priority i feel but like he's not as i have been following too closely you know big japan recently so i don't know where he is in the mix but i don't really see his name too much mentioned by the people i follow who do follow big japan regularly so like i if he wants to you know need japan of all japan wants him to come in and hey we're gonna push you as a top guy i mean he's tag champions with miyahara the biggest star in the company that's that's nothing to 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 scoff at that's a big deal and like the, the like the title matches that those two can have with different people on the roster you know we got we got the next tag team title challenge coming up next which is going to be you know Naoya Nomura and Yuma Aoyagi re- reforming their tag team and they're going to take on Miyahara and Takuya Nomura which I think will be an awesome match because both both the Nomura guys even though they have the same last name they 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 have excellent chemistry they they go back to when they were both like younger young guys in the in each of their respective companies fighting each other and i i cannot wait to see this interaction of this version of nomura versus this other version of nomura you pick which one i'm talking about by the way and and yeah like and i'm so high on yuma aoyagi i've been for the last several years like i think this could be his year to break really break out and and reach that next level that he needs to reach and i think the company needs him to reach 
for their own benefit. And if you're building the top scene around Miyahara, you know, um, dates with Takuya Nomura uh, for your big shows, Naoya Nomura returning from, you know, like being a freelancer for, and, and, and maybe doing like, again, he's doing his, this indie group, uh, real blood or, and capture wrestling, I believe. And then, but he's doing big dates for, for all Japan plus Yuma Oyagi, plus a returning Shitaro, Shitaro Shino and Ricky Honda come, you know, getting pushed. That's a, that's six solid guys. You can build a good, like revolving scene around like of the main event tag matches and in singles. I think that's very promising. Plus, a you know a decent like junior division with yeah, Atsuki Aoyagi as as the current champion. Like, and you know people coming in to challenge him for that belt. Just, I just I just have no faith in consistent booking. I'm afraid. Like, we'll see how the early part of this year goes with with the booking in the company. But just based on talent, like I think they have a really good solid base to to work from. Yeah, and it's always interesting when you see, you know, someone of the level of a Jake Lee leaves, like it does open that position. And if they get more kind of aggressive in tapping who is who is next in line that we can give that strap that rocket to uh, Takuya Nomura certainly seems like like one of those candidates. But um, yeah, all Japan. I mean, it's it's distant from even I, I would say Noah at, at this point, but it's like a great collection of talent and their heavyweight scene is, you know, some very interesting stuff that they have, including like a, a one-off match with Miyahara and Yuji Nagata that I think even in 2023, I think Nagata will, you know, that that's a match he will certainly get up for and could be intriguing this year as well. Last but not least, um, what you did see of uh wrestle kingdom, uh, what are, what was your reaction to Omega and Osprey and any other closing thoughts? Well, I, I also, the other thing I watched was like, you know, Kyrie versus Tom and, you know, for what we got, I thought it was really good. Unfortunately, it was only, what, six, seven minutes long. Uh, but I get it. You have to have real estate for everything else, uh, including uh, the, the debut of Mercedes Monet, um, which was not good. Unfortunately, I, I, I chalked that up to, you know, probably she's really nervous. It's like she's cutting a promo in English in front of a predominantly non-English speaking crowd. Um you know, ring rust, things like that. So, you know, I, I kind of excuse like kind of the, you know, the faux pas of that whole debut, but it's cool. Like, I'm glad she's there. Like, I'm glad that it, it's gives something. It's a big investment by, by Bushy road. Yeah. And you know, the hope that, you know, she will be a difference maker, um, not just uh, like for the U S market, but for stardom. And, you know, it's like, that will be a big story for those companies this year. And Omega versus Osprey. I, this is the match I was most looking forward to because I thought they, because I was at um, all, all Out and I thought the, you know, and th- for that week and I saw the, the the trios match between the the Elite versus Ozzy Hopin and Osprey and I just thought this does not make any sense unless they're building to a singles match between Omega and Osprey and they did and I thought well they got to do it for New Japan Wrestle Kingdom because that's the make good for Forbidden Door. And that's what happened. And, and I got, I watched this match and I was just like really impressed. I, you know, like we got serious Ken Chan, not, not Weibo Ken Chan, which I've, I'm always a fan of like when he's wants to be a wrestler and not a character. 
So like, I thought we got that version of him and Osprey, you know, like he's, he's just motivated. Like I thought the promo he cut at the press conference on Omega was, was fantastic. Just so much emotion, legit emotion. I feel too. And they were smart to get that thing circulated all over the place for the final hours before wrestle kingdom. Like it was a tremendous commercial for the match. And like, I thought like Osprey, his selling was just at another level for him in this match. Like this to me was, um, it, it was like, a level up for Will Ospreay. And that is not a, um, that's not an easy feat when you're coming off the kind of year that, that he had. I think this is going to be one of those defining matches for both of these guys, which covers a lot of ground when you look over the, the last, you know, six, seven years. I mean, I, I would go, if, if we're going to do the sandwich ratings, John, uh, what, what uh, did is, you bring uh, out? Uh, this is, this is a, a Montreal smoked meat with, with, with fries, Ooh. but, but I didn't give it pickles for one reason, John. You know, it, it missed the pickles because I had to see Don Callis in fucking Capri pants in January. Fuck that. And on that note, WH Park has given us his his official match rating for Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. When do you expect the rematch to happen? Do you see it being all the way a year off? Could you see Forbidden Door or is there another potential uh, candidate? I suppose like two other candidates besides next year's Wrestle Kingdom would be um forbidden door if they do that again and and or dominion yeah uh, dominion would be one that you could certainly throw in there like it um, does seem like w- with the post-match comments from osprey like this year is about avenging this loss to omega and and winning the, the big title um which i would be building my whole year till to, to next year's wrestle kingdom is osprey as a babyface going for that title and i think that could be your whole chase this year yeah i mean you could do a story where maybe he wins the IWGP title along the way, and then he wants to he wants Omega for that U.S. title, and or you know, like is Omega going to be in the G1 this year? You do a storyline like that. I don't know. Or Omega wins, <laughs> or Omega wins the IWGP title, and he's going for that title. There's Who so knows? much that that comes out of this, and I think that is just music to new Japan's ears that you have all these different directions that you can explore and dependent on what Omega's availability is to them. Like you could do uh, an Omega Okada match because I think like the ultimate match is will winning the title, but from Omega, like not the U S title, but the main title um, that you could get to next year. But it's very complicated to try and book that when this guy's contracted to another company. Yeah. It's it, it. That's the thing is like how, how much is is Tony Khan willing to um, spare Kenny Omega? Like especially now, like holy shit, he's like like you say, John, he's like the the talk of the industry because of the match with Osprey, and he's going to go back to AW, and then like the first time he appears on screen in front of a live audience with that U.S. title, like the place is going to go nuts, I think. Uh, and then you build it like you could, I mean, you could like have Omega versus Okada, like at forbidden door two or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. And then awesome. like, like who knows? It's intriguing. It's intriguing to talk about this. It's intriguing to see where, where is Jay white going to go? It's intriguing to see what's going to happen with, you know, yo, and it's intriguing to see what's, what all Japan is going to do with Takuya Nomura and, and returning Shitaro Ishina. I would love to see those two fight each other. What's going to happen to know with Kiyomiya and his title reign. I, I, I'm really excited. Like I, I haven't been this excited about Japanese wrestling since the pandemic started, John. And and it's it's a nice feeling to be able to to be excited to talk about it, to watch it and talk about it, you know. And yeah, I hope we get more and more of this, you know. Look at that. In one week, the Japanese scene 
defrosting that that fandom in inside of uh, WH uh, with lots to uh, look forward to. And we always have lots to look forward to from WH Park, who you can hear uh, every month on a uh, post pro res, a, uh, I will say a collaborative now with, uh, with Karen Peterson, a regular in the mix as well. And Karen did a fantastic job over the last week reports on the stardom show on Noah, as well as a great rundown of Wrestle Kingdom. So check out all of those in the uh, show report section up at postwrestling.com and uh, WH. You will be back in the near future with the long and winding Royal Road and uh, any hints at what is uh, coming up on the next uh, episode or anything you want to throw out there. Well, I mean, I, I do have a, a, a guest uh, booked. I, we haven't recorded yet, but it will be Alan Farrell. Oh, okay. Torch. Uh, a big fan. Pr- I first time. On that show, he's been a guest on many shows of, of my, you know, Curl Summer and the Thunderstruck. And did, did he uh, choose something that it like exists on a hard drive that no one's going to have uh, no, access to? No, we, I, I threw out, so I, I just revealed this, you know, like a peek behind the curtain. I, I said, do you want to do the Can Ams versus Kikuchi and Kobashi? Okay. And he's like, I've talked, he said to me, WH, I'm, I've talked about that much so many times with other people. Like, I would love to do something different. So we are going to talk about a, a match. It's, it's, it's probably on like easily accessible. It's, it's a Hayabusa and Jinsei Suzaki. The second time I'm going to be talking about this team on this show, uh, against who is it again? Who did he pick? Was it, I think it's like Jun Izumida and, uh, oh fuck, who is it again? The, uh, Tame, Tame, Honda. I think that's the match he picked. I have to go look at my DM with him. Um, Listen, the, the headline is WH Park and Alan Farrell yeah, together that, talking about true. wrestling. Okay. The match that's is true. secondary. Uh, um, we will get that match out to, to everybody so that they are aware, but that's going to be coming up uh, later in the month in, uh, in January. So, uh, that will be on the post wrestling feed. So subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And dare I say, leave us a, a beautiful five star rating. You can subscribe. Also get the, the t-shirt. Don't forget the t-shirt, John. <laughs> store.postwrestling.com this this shirt is fantastic uh a great follow-up to your other bestseller and uh yeah every everyone loving the new the new shirt yeah i mean uh i i I got word from someone in the industry who we sent the shirt to and he said he he even said his girlfriend loves it loves the design so there you go what more do you need we can put that in quotes on on store.postwrestling.com even right even wrestling insider and his girlfriend love the shirt all right. Well, WH, uh, thank you so much, as always, uh, for joining me. Uh, if you want to hear me and Wei and our extensive rundown of Wrestle Kingdom 17, you can go to postwrestlingcafe.com. $6 gets you in the door for all of our bonus shows, including uh, Wrestle Kingdom. That was up on Wednesday, where the two of us discussed that show on very little sleep, uh, but lots of uh, thoughts and uh, reaction to the big show at the Tokyo Dome. WH, we will be back together sooner rather than later. So I thank you very much. We are just two guys and we are signing off. So thank you to everybody for joining us live, downloading the show, catch all of his work, WH park nine on Twitter. And we will speak with you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.